Welcome to Life with Ed, the podcast. I'm Julia Wirth, your host, uh, dietitian in New Haven, Connecticut, and I'm so excited to welcome you back to the second eight-episode series in season two. Um, today, we are really going down a route I haven't touched before. Um, obviously, during season one, we had a lot of guests come on and talk about health at every size, intuitive eating, um, being more weight neutral in our healthcare, and uh, a couple different sort of concerns came out of those conversations for me. And it's not that I am not incredibly pro being as weight neutral as possible, right? Like, I think it is so important to to treat everyone, no matter their size, with respect and to really treat the problem and the behaviors rather than someone's weight. You know, you can't just dial in the weight you have. You can't just change your weight because the doctor told you to, right? It's about behaviors. It's about the actual health consequences. And maybe the weight, even if it seems like it's too high or it seems like it's too low, is fine. And maybe it's not. Um, So for me, one big problem that kept coming up again and again is sort of the denial by some in the body positivity field um, that, you know, weight could ever be a problem. And in either regard, right, like either that it could be too low or too high. And as someone who works with patients with eating disorders, like I know firsthand that like weight can definitely be an issue, right? When someone's severely underweight, um, there's a whole host of issues that come around with that. And when someone's, you know, far larger than their body was designed to be, there can be health implications that come with that. And it um, is not beneficial to the clients in my experience to just deny that, right? Like, I'm never going to say, okay, let's just, you know, tell you that your weight should be X and go get there. No, that's not helpful. That's not weight positive or weight neutral. Like it's not body um, positive. It's not helpful. That's mostly the issue. It's not helpful. And what is helpful is saying, okay, like your behaviors need help, right? Like why are we restricting? Why are we purging? Why are we binging? How can we change these things? How can we get you to a healthier place? And I just have so badly wanted to have a conversation with a physician about how do you straddle this line, right? Like how do you um, both treat every patient with the utmost respect and understand that it's not about their weight? Like they could be totally healthy and fine and their weight supposedly by BMI be obese and they're fine, they're healthy, they're wonderful, Um, or they could be, have a lot of health issues and their weight supposedly be normal. So it's not about their weight, but that yes, sometimes, you know, the behavior changes that we're recommending are going to lead towards weight loss or weight gain. And that's, you know, needed. Um, it's hard, (laughs) it's hard in this space to have this conversation. And 
I am so fortunate and I hope you guys appreciate today that I have Dr. Sandra Bergerski here to have this discussion. She is a um, physician, uh, an internal medicine physician, and she also um, works specifically in the eating disorder world, advising um, treatment centers. She is incredibly smart and articulate and I think has really simple advice that was so wonderful to hear um, in this conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. But basically, the idea was to just take this topic that a lot of people don't want to touch head on and discuss, you know, when does weight matter? How do we address it? How do we always treat people with respect and not leave health conditions behind? I hope you end up enjoying this conversation as much as I did. Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or other guests or topics you'd like to have um, on the show this series, please contact me at worth, W-E-R-T-H, your wild nutrition at gmail.com. And as always, if you're interested in any of our parent programming or um, one-on-one client support uh, sessions, Please check out our website, worthyourwild.com. That's W-E-R-T-H, yourwild.com for information and access to them. Um, Without further ado, here is Dr. Bogurski. Awesome. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for making time. I know you're super busy, um, as a lot of us in this field are right now. Um, Could you just introduce yourself to my guests? Sure. My name is Dr. Sandra Bogurski. I'm a, a physician in internal medicine and pediatrics. So I take care of adults and children in the general setting. I also specialize in eating disorders and um, manage a group home for women with eating disorders in the Fairfield area. Awesome. Um, so today I wanted to have you on to specifically discuss, you know, weight and body size and how do we discuss those topics without, you know, causing any problems for our patients or bringing things up in a negative way, but also like not ignoring that these are medical indicators that we need to pay attention to. Um, And so I just wanted to start with like, how do you talk about it in your general practice? Like, does the nurse weigh the patient and you comment or you don't like just walk us through what does that normally look like? Sure. And, and certainly um, what I've done has changed over time, especially oh, yeah. Yeah. with my experience in working with women with eating disorders. Um, I, you know, I think in our practice, um, yes, the medical assistant weighs the patient. Um, I don't believe they're told their weight unless they ask. Um, and then it's part of one of the many things we look at before we walk in a room to see a patient. Um, one of those vital signs that we pay mm-hmm. attention to along with blood pressure and pulse and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I love chatting with adolescents. Um, I love all those complicated topics, but honestly talking about weight and eating is my least favorite thing to discuss. It's so hard. Yeah. It is very hard. And I think because there are a lot of consequences that come of that in the eating disorder field, you know, it, it's not that doctors talking about weight loss causes an eating disorder, but for women who are prone to eating disorders, hearing things like you need to lose weight, your weight is unhealthy, um, is, 
you know, can kind of push things a little bit further. So I think we do have to have a big sensitivity to this. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like we need to put less emphasis on the external um, part of things and more so on the internal part. So I, I try not to really focus on the number of weight that that number of pounds um you know we we in in veering away from that we started focusing more on bmi and how everyone has a different weight depending on their height and i think even that is a bit triggering as well so i try and take the emphasis off the number and not use the number in my conversation Um, i think you know, and, and for many reasons, first off, it's a, it's a, it's a static number in time. It's, you know, it's, if you weigh them a few hours later, that weight, that number is going to change. Yeah. Like yeah. if they go to the bathroom or have exactly they're not like, yeah, exactly. How were you weighed? You know, was it first thing in the morning or not? Um, so I think, you know, realizing that that number really fluctuates quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, the other thing I try and emphasize with patients too, is that your body is never the same. You are constantly in flux. Your body's always changing from the moment you were born until the day you die. Um, and so, you know, to take that attention away of being fixated on that external part, what you look like, Mm -hmm. um, and more of, of the internal side of things, you know, what are you doing to keep yourself healthy and, how can I, as a provider, help you with some of the more challenging aspects that you have in keeping yourself healthy in terms of sleep and food intake and movement and mental health? Um, I, I try and put it more in that general term um, mm-hmm. and more as, you know, we use food to survive and it's important for our bodies to have food to survive. And yes, there's a pleasure component and a fun component to eating, but we have to make sure we are helping our bodies survive in the best way that they can. So that's kind of how I try and frame it. Yeah. So to me, it sounds like the first thing is that you're like, this is just one of many vital signs, right? Absolutely. Blood pressure, heart rate, you know, uh, what else is in that mix that you could describe to people? Um, your oxygen saturation, your temperature, um, your pain score, your respiratory rate. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like tons of stuff. Right. Whereas I think a lot of people think like, okay, if my weight is high, I am unhealthy. If my weight is lower, I'm healthy. And it's like, that's not necessarily even true. It's just one of many. Right. And, and we don't even, I mean, if you think about it in that way, when you go in and see a patient, you don't say to them, oh, your temperature is 97.8 today. I mean, these are numbers are you that you yeah. don't report. <laughs> so um, why are we doing that with weight? Yeah. Um, and it's also like, just as a odd fact, like we all view it as this like more is worse and less is better but obviously in the field of eating disorders like especially with anorexia or or restrictive eating disorders like less is is worse like when we see our patient losing weight we're all like oh no like what's going on so i think it's challenging that it's like unlike other vital signs where we all know okay this is like the healthiest range and either side of that is a problem like we don't think about it in that way 
Right. And, and we also leave out the genetic component I mean, there, you know, not everyone is the same shape and size. And a lot of that is dictated by our genetics. And that's not something that can be controlled. And that doesn't play into that number when you get on the scale. Yeah. And like body composition too, right? Like I always think about like the athletes that get on the scale and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in the like, you know, you know, overweight or obese category of BMI, which I don't even like, like the category, you know, names or, or sections, but you know, the doctor, if they don't know them might like think, okay, I'm going in to see this patient and they're going to be larger and blah, blah, blah. And they walk in and it's like a, you know, a track star or whatever. And you're like, (laughs) that is not who I was picturing. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess like, how do you handle that discussion when someone asks you, you know, about, okay, are you concerned about my weight or should I not be concerned about my weight? Like, do you bring it up to them ever? Or is it always like you kind of address the whole picture and then only if they bring it up? I I mean, I bring it up in the beginning as the whole picture and then, you know, okay, let's talk about sleep. Let's talk about your sleep habits. Tell me what they're like. Is there anything I can help you with? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, you may feel better if you get a little more sleep or, you know, change this kind of give some advice. The same thing would go for eating, you know, tell me how your day goes in terms of eating and and how you use that to keep yourself healthy. And Mm -hmm. are there ways I can help you? You know, if a, if a patient comes to me and says, are you concerned about my weight? Mm -hmm. My first thing I would say is, well, are you, what are your thoughts about your weight? Um, Tell me where you're coming from. And, and then I usually say things like it's, it's not about that number. It's about your brain, your heart, your liver. Um, and what you can like pivot the conversation to their behaviors, right? Like, so say you notice, oh, they've gained weight or lost weight since last time you're going to go in and ask about their sleep, their eating exercise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Instead of being like, you lost weight, like what's going on? Um, do you have patients who ask, like, are you concerned about my weight a lot? Um, it more starts as a parent in the room who said, you know, when, when you say, do you have any concerns about your child? Yes. Um, my child's overweight. I would like to, I would like help with that. Yeah. Um, and that can be very hard. Um, how does that play out? You know, the kid's reaction and you mitigating that situation. I think, you know, I know when I hear that I cringe and you can kind of see it on a child's face too, that they cringe and and I don't think they know what to do with that. I I think, you know, especially adolescents, it's such a, it's a, it's a time of um, great body change. And, and now someone's noticing and commenting. It's like, you wouldn't, if you went to visit someone at their home, you wouldn't be like, oh, I don't like the color you painted this room. You wouldn't comment on that. Like you shouldn't be commenting on this. It's not, it's something personal that's, uh, you know, about the individual and, and, um, you know, doesn't necessarily need to be mentioned in that way. So how do you answer those parents? So I, I will say a similar sort of thing, you know, that, everyone is a different weight. Everyone looks different. Let's take the focus away from that um, because that is not helpful and talk more about, 
you know, what your child is doing um, to eat healthy and, and, and treat themselves to and, and, and all of that. Um, Cause I always see patients, like obviously once they are kind of in the eating disorder space already, right? Like they, they're not, you know, just thinking about trying to change things. They're normally well into their eating disorder, but a lot of them go back to like, I was at the doctor and the doctor said I needed to lose weight. And I Mm -hmm. think that comment is so, or even like I needed to gain weight, right? Like, and that comment's so confusing because you can't just lose weight. Like you can't just like cut your foot off and be like, okay, like I'm (laughs) 10 pounds less. Like there's no like action to take that definitely causes weight loss. Right. Instead of like saying, okay, like mom, does your son play any sports? Uh, Maybe we need to do more exercise or like, Maybe they need to eat differently, right? I guess that's what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's hard. I, I feel like as medical providers, we're taught to pay attention to that number and taught yeah. to um, uh, sort of um, congratulate people when they lose like, great job, at, you know, dropping yeah. 10 pounds. It, well, would it not have been a great job then if, if they gained and, and would they then be failing? Yeah. 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 That's weird. And this sort of veers into like, you know, more of philosophy, philosophy or different ways of thinking. But right now, like I feel constantly caught in the middle between the people who are like, weight doesn't matter at all. And like, don't even think about weight. Like you're being um, judgmental and like all this stuff, you know, if you, if you think that someone's weight might benefit from change, like they might benefit. from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And then on the other side, you got the kind of classic people who are like, you got to be in this exact BMI range and mm-hmm. stuff. How do you like bridge that gap? And how do you, I guess, make a clinical judgment about, okay, I'm going to, you know, care and think that these behaviors might need to change or I'm not. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's so very challenging and I think, you know, taking it again away from the weight and, you know, we, we need food, right. We need food to survive. Tell me about your relationship with food um, and, and how you use it to take care of yourself. And, and if someone, you know, um, let's say um, has diabetes and you need Mm -hmm. to talk to them about changing their quote unquote diet. Well, Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, you, you need your fats, your proteins, your carbs, but these would be carbs that would work better for your blood sugar. These complex carbs would work better for your blood sugar. Um, and, and same on the other end, more of, you know, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question exactly, Julia, but. Oh, I, I think you are. It's just, where I always get stuck too, of like, well, you never need to think about the weight number. You can always just talk about behaviors. Right. But which I a hundred percent believe, and that's how I practice. And I see a lot of people practice, but I get caught. And I don't know if you ever have this experience between like some providers who are like, you know, you're, you're fat shaming them. If you're suggesting that they change their eating habits, because of X, Y, and Z, or you're like, why are you caring that they should gain weight? Like weight doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, and then on the other side, the, the BMI kind of weight crazy people of like, you got to be in this range. Like, do you ever get caught between those two things or no? 
I mean, of course. Yeah, yes. of course. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if you have someone sitting in front of you, you know, with a, a high BMI and a yeah. family history of heart disease and diabetes, I mean, I would be negligent to not talk to yeah. them yeah. about their about their food intake. But yeah. I think posing it more in terms of food and um, you know, medical illness versus food and BMI. And, yeah. and here's just where we it goes back to the chronic foot, right? Like you, right. like you can't just change the weight number, but you can change the behaviors that are impacting their right. potential for heart disease or diabetes. Right. But it doesn't even have to come back to the weight. Right. And I think also, you know, sometimes when you focus on the number, you miss this other side of things. I mean, just taking you know, people in the high BMI range, for example, like sometimes there's, you know, an emotional component to why, to how, what their relationship is like with food. And if we focus on the number and ignore the emotional mental health side, then we're not helping their relationship with food. Right. Like they might have some sort of trauma or something else. Right. Just totally missed. Um, I was thinking earlier when I asked you, you know, does anyone ever ask, like, are you concerned about my weight or, or whatever, as a patient, like one time when I was in my early twenties, I like saw a doctor I'd never seen before. And I was like, you know, heavier than I'd ever been. Cause I'm in my early twenties and I've only been a kid or a teenager. Right. And I asked her, like, are you concerned about my weight? And her response was so strange to me. It was like, uh, no, you know, you're only in the overweight category. If I had to spend time working with everyone who's in the overweight category, mm. I'd never get through the day. I only care once you're in the obese category. And that mm. was just like, what does that even mean? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder like, you know, if someone is in the the overweight BMI category, how do you explain to them that maybe it doesn't matter if it does, or maybe it does matter? Maybe it doesn't matter if it's in that range. Yeah. Like, so I'm going that, that was like kind of confusing, but like for me at the time, like I Mm -hmm. just exercise a lot and I had a lot of muscle mass and I was like, quote unquote, in the overweight category. And the doctor could have easily said, I'm not worried about it. Instead of saying, Oh, I don't worry about people who are overweight. Right. Um, She could have said, oh, the BMI isn't accurate for you in this situation. I don't know. Like, does that come up for you at all? I think, you know, again, it's hard to say, like, it for me to be worried if someone's BMI is in that overweight range. I mean, they could be in that overweight range and be bulimic, right? I mean, like, so... (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's again, all right, you know, that's where this number takes you, but where are you exactly? Like, tell me about your day of eating and movement and, and, and what do you do to nourish your brain and, and, and that sort of thing. Can you just throw out BMI? Yeah. I don't, I don't like to yeah, use me too. Okay. <laughs> I don't like to use the word BMI weight. Me neither. Um, it's just not, it's, it's not fair. I, I think. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear you say that because uh, so many doctors, you know, are just like mm-hmm. on your medical sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what we're told to talk about. I mean, it, and yes, you know, a high BMI comes with risk, but it's, it's, 
you know, there are people with a higher BMI who are healthy and don't have those medical conditions and you don't have to worry about it. But, but again, it's, it's, what are you doing with your day? You know, I feel like it's like, okay, use your clinical judgment. Right. Right. How do you explain that to like medical students or new doctors? Like, how do you talk them through this? Um, I mean, students that work with me come in the room and see how we have the conversation. Um, and I do try and emphasize, you know, not talking about that number um, and, and how it can be damaging and think back to when you were, I mean, we were all there, right? Yeah. We were all <laughs> adolescents. You have that story, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have family members who commented on my weight, like how right. inappropriate is that? And like, unhelpful. like, did anyone get anywhere with that comment? Exactly. No, you just make someone feel worse. And, and so, you know, I think having students think back to that time of, all right, remember when you were there and what you wanted to hear and what would not be helpful to you. Yeah. And are they receptive most of the time or are they yes. kind of shocked after eight years of being told that weight matters? I think, you know, a little bit of both. I think receptive because everyone knows how uncomfortable this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, again, nobody wants to hear it said to themselves. Um, so I think receptive and also a little surprised because yes, that's, you know, we have BMI graphs that say whether, what range you're in. Um, so yeah, that's hard. Um, do you like treat your patients that, you know, have eating disorders, like in this conversation any differently and how would that be? No, I think, I, th I think, well, differently in a sense, but I think it goes back to the same message. So mm -hmm. your brain, your body can only function at its best when it's getting nutrition. And, yeah. you know, you think that by restricting, you're making your body healthier, but food is what makes your body healthier. Food is what your body needs, not the absence of. Um, so it's, it's a very similar conversation. Yeah. Um, there's Again, one not. quote that I heard yeah. a couple of years ago that was mm -hmm. like, you know, you wouldn't prescribe, you know, disordered behaviors to one patient that you would diagnose as like a disorder in another patient. And I feel like that just is the theme of what you're saying of like, no, I treat everyone the same. Like, what are your behaviors? How can we, you know, make those better for you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That comes up again and again. It's like, why would, why would you not eat and not be good. And for you not eating is, you know, an issue. Right. Absolutely. Is there anything else you would hope that providers or parents uh, listening to this would um, understand or know before going into those appointments? I think, you know, stepping back and, and remembering what it was like to be that age. And I think, you know, as a parent, um, sometimes we project onto our children things that we were uncomfortable with at that age. So, yeah. you know, if we felt uncomfortable about our weight and our physical appearance, that then gets projected onto your child and just, you know, taking a pause and, and recognizing that. Um, and again, realizing that, hey, your body's constantly changing. You're going to go through puberty. Your body's going to change. Yeah. 
we get older and go through menopause as women, our bodies change and it changes every day in between. Have babies, exactly. (laughs) Go to college, right? I mean, it is a a constant moving target. Um, So how do you focus on that and make sense of it if it's always moving? There needs to be something else to, to focus on. Well, thank you so much. This was really great. I feel like it's, it's hard to find um, doctors willing to talk about it like this. So, well, Juliet is, you know, as I said, it's my least favorite thing to talk about. To adolescents. <laughs> you're like, I'm right there with them. I don't like drugs and food is just, you're just digging yourself at all. I know. Well, that's what I get to talk about all day. So. I know. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm.